Hello and welcome to Can You Hear Me at the Back, the podcast about all things voice and communication. Hey, Leon. Hi, Andrea. So. Yeah. With a movement and a sound, tell me how you feel. Mm. That's very succinct. Thanks. Yeah. It's because of the soup. Yes, the wonderful soup that you made. I made wonderful soup. Yeah. I mean, I can't call it wonderful. I, I mean, can call I, it wonderful, though. I did now because you said wonderful, yeah. but pff, it's awkward. Can you not call it wonderful because you made the soup? Is that why? To me, it's just soup. <laughs> That's how my soup usually turns out. <laughs> it's, just it's your you. qualification of whether or not it's wonderful or not. I feel like it's, it, that's just like the American in me that I want to make everything more awesome than it really is. Yeah, we'll get to that. Mm. <laughs> I'm just a happy person. <laughs> uh, Andrea? Yes? In a sound and a movement, how are you feeling? No. Oh, there was like a hand gesture with that. I liked it. Yeah, I got a that little. It wasn't the sound of... that you made, but the hand gesture was. It's because I wanted to yawn, but I was like, "Don't yawn on camera." <laughs> Don't yawn on camera. <laughs> nobody wants to see a uvula. No, nobody wants that. I'm good. I I feel like my my that that's like my grandmother in the back of my head being like, "Don't yawn." Like, nobody wants to see you yawn. Nobody wants to see tiredness. That's not how my grandmother talks. Well, I don't from, know whose grandmother from Virginia. that was. I don't know. Who's... Yeah. <laughs> It's oh, no, awkward when you're an accent coach and you can't do your grandma's accent. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So, so, what are we talking about today? We are talking about um, discourse analysis, conversational analysis, and Grace's maxims. That is a lot. Hold on. Aren't they all <laughs> the same thing, sort of? Um. Or Grace's maxims are kind of part of discourse analysis, correct. right? Correct. Yes. And discourse analysis is a posh word for like listening to what people were saying. Yeah. And analyzing it. But in a non judgmental way. Yeah, like on Lingthusiasm, uh fabulous podcast, listen to it's it. Great podcast. Uh Lauren Gorn and um Gretchen McCulloch, amazing. Uh about linguistics and they talk about uh they've got merchandise that says, I'm not judging your grammar, just analyzing it. Yeah. Which I yeah. quite like. Yeah. Um, and on another show, um, we could talk about the difference between descriptive grammar and prescriptive grammar, but we don't have, that's not today. <laughs> Let's do that, but not today. Today, I think it's discourse analysis. It is. It's discourse analysis. Conversational analysis. Mm-hmm. Which bit are we doing? We're doing the words, we're doing the syntax. Right. So you could, um, because there, there, there's a whole bunch of ways that you could get into that. You could talk about the phonetics of it, so just the sounds that people mm. use in conversation. Um, you could talk about the grammar of it. You could talk about the morphology of it, so the little bits. Um, but today we're talking about the pragmatics, so we're talking about the social bit of all mm. of that, which could include... Um, it could include aspects of grammar or semantics or things like that, but we're looking at it purely from a social, um, conversational perspective. Hmm. Yeah. So you can either like adhere to the rules or not, right? I say rules, maxims. <laughs> yeah. So the idea is kind of like that. Um, everybody wants to be in a conversation, um, and they want to be able to communicate. Um, and for, right. and the idea, um. Um, behind creating the ideal form of communication is this kind of cooperative theory. So the idea is that we, as social beings who want to communicate with other people, adhere to certain kinds of maxims or rules in order to 
best communicate what we want to say. Ah. Effectively. And then you've got people like politicians who try not to be understood. Yes. Right. So they try and they try and make themselves as vague as possible so that they don't get caught out later on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also so that um, they can't <laughs> so that they can't be positioned in a way of saying, but you said this and that was true then. Because fundamentally, um, language is based on context. And so the only way that we understand meaning um, is through the context of the other things around it. Uh, which is why uh, which is why language is quite difficult because something like a scone to you could be like a completely different scone to me because I have a different context for it than you would. I also have a different phonetic way of saying it. Which that, we so. discussed yes. in my mesis. Yes. So like the linguistic representation of what you actually mean mm -hmm. and whether or not that is the same as somebody else's. Yeah. And so the, if the context for your idea is different to the person with whom you're having a conversation, then you're unlikely to be understood in the way that you intended to be understood. Correct. And then also if you're taken out of context, mm -hmm. that then somebody else can pro can provide the context and then make it sound like you agreed or disagreed with something. Yeah. Lawyers are very good at that. Ah. That is what lawyers do. It feels like that's what lawyers are supposed to do. Yeah. That's kind but of But then it's really annoying because well, not, it's one of those things that you always hear people say, but I didn't get to say what I wanted to say. And then when yes. I tried to, they just twisted it. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that's... Accurate. That's literally their job. But the, the but the weird thing about it is that it doesn't necessarily mean that people are heard and therefore justice prevails. It's just who's the best person at kind of twisting the argument sometimes. Yeah. That's what it feels like at least. Yeah. It's Well, it's also taking an argument and making sure that it fits within the context that you are backing in that kind of thing. Oh, wow. Yes, that's really true. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's not even the one that you're backing, but it's the one that will, that, the one that will get you the outcome um, that is good for your client mm. sometimes. Mm. Now, basically, <laughs> I've not studied, I've not studied law. I would like to say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, most of my law comes from um, law and order. And, um, but basically what it is, is what is implied by the statement that you're saying and whether that implication, the implicature of the, of the sentence or the question that you've asked, um, follows with the maxims that are in place for a conversation. So what are the ma so the maxims are the Gricean maxims, The right? Gricean maxims, yes. Who was a linguist in like the 70s. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, you can Google him. There's loads <laughs> of stuff about him. We don't need to explain about Grice. But um, so the Grice's maxims, there are four of them, right? Yes. And they are? Um, you've got quality, you've quality, got quantity, yeah. quantity, you've got relation, and you've got manner. Relation, some people call it relevance. Um, but relation, relevant. Oh, so it's like relevant to or in relation to the question that was asked. Correct. Ah. And then you have manner. Manner mm -hmm. from heaven. Sure. <laughs> the Gricean maxim of manner from heaven. Oh, manner from heaven. I mean, it's not that, but um, no. we'll see. No. So I've got examples here. He does. On full sheet and everything. On paper. Good old paper. So maximum of quality. An example. We've got. Um, why, why were you, you late last night? My car broke down. Like, that's not what I asked you. It's not what I asked, no. So the quality is different, yeah. So the, I always think of, I think of the quality as kind of being the how, um, in the sense um, that you respond 
that your response is answering the how of it. Yeah. I mean, it does sort of follow the quality there, doesn't it? A little bit because you're like, why? Why were you late last night? My car broke down. Yes, but you have to jump to that conclusion. That's so why you were late, that, but it wasn't like yeah. yeah. It's not something that splatters you in the face and you go, oh, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, it's something that you kind of have to. You have to you have to make the leap to go. Oh, his car broke down. That's why he's late. You mm. have to add another step in. That that's why the journey was delayed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Whereas if you had something um, where it was like, "Why were you late last night? Um, I left my house um, way too late and I missed the train." Mm. Yeah, I understand why you were late. Yeah. You left your house late. Um, and you miss a train. And normally, when you, <laughs> when you ask the question of why were you late, you kind of want to figure out who you need to blame, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, if you're if it's my car broke down, you don't you, you don't necessarily want to go. Oh, so it's your fault that you're late because it could be it, it might not be that person. It's not that. But also, like it doesn't give down. it doesn't tell you that the car broke. I mean, when did your car break down? Exactly. Yeah. Like, did it break down two weeks ago and you haven't got it fixed? Or did it break down on the way here? Like, I mean... Yeah. I mean, it sort of presupposes that you were on your way. Yes. Yeah. Which is a whole other podcast yeah. about presupposition. Well, and yeah. And it could and it could even be that, like, your car broke down months ago and you therefore don't have a car until you had to take the train, but you're not used to taking the train and you got... Lo- like, there's a whole other story that could mm. happen there. And so, it, so, yeah, there are lots of things. This is what my father calls being pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I like that. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Um, and he's like, Andre, this is this is why people don't like to have conversations with you, but they're important. Um, so that that's your um, that's your quality maxim. And then we've got quantity. Quantity, yes. So your quantity is very very something. It's just um, don't talk too much. Oh, so don't like over egg the pudding. Yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, that's a British thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved, but I don't know what that means. It because if you if you put too much egg into a pudding, it just tastes like egg. What is it? So are we talking about like a, like a you steamed guys, pudding, like you, a steamed, like a basically like a sponge pudding. So like a cake. A cake, like okay. a cake. Yeah, because you guys use pudding for lots of things. Yeah, pudding is a thing. But you guys just use pudding for basically like mousse. Yeah, for and we pudding. call it mousse because <laughs> it's a mousse. Whereas you could have you could have all kinds of things that would be a pudding. See, the thing is, I mean, we shouldn't really get into pudding semantics. But Relevant. the point about is that with pudding, pudding comes from the idea that it was a boiled pudding, oh. um, which had like suet in it and that sort of stuff, and it was oh. actually a th- it was actually like a sort of stodgy hard sort of like dumpling type thing uh-huh. that that has been a thing for Ages. centuries yeah. um and so every so that would always have been the dessert like the sort of the afters uh, uh but it wasn't but so it was always but it wasn't always sweet and sometimes it until they sort of put fruit in it and that sort of stuff sometimes it was like a plum pudding or a whatever right and then christmas pudding comes out of that same sort of place uh, and then and then, so because it was always the sweet, or it turned not always, it turned into the sweet. Yeah. After the savory that you'd eaten, mm-hmm. it then became sweet or whatever. And then anything that was sweet and eaten after a savory became, became pudding. pudding. So that then it's pudding. And dessert, I think, comes from the French. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because because I mean we don't have time for this, but pies, that's a whole other thing. Sure. Um, because. 
And then we have a pie or a tart. Yeah, and we've got pies. We have tarts too. Oh, do you? Yeah, it's just not as common, I think. I think you're more likely to find a pie than you are to find a tart. Hmm. Anyway. um. I mean, I was teaching a group of students yesterday. Yeah. And um, a little bit like that part of the conversation there that we just sort of went off on one about food. And I was talking about character choices and saying that ostensibly making character choices is like standing at a buffet Mm. and you don't know what to choose because you haven't tried everything yet and you don't really know what to do. Mm. So what you should do is the general buffet thing, which is take one of everything. Mm -hmm. And then if you happen upon something that's particularly good, Mm -hmm. you can sort of either offset the things you didn't like on someone else's plate, Mm -hmm. which is often what I do. I'm like, oh, look over there. And then... (laughs) put something else on their plate that I didn't really like but I noticed that they liked it and then I'll take the thing that I really liked right and and always an extra goujon because everybody likes a goujon um and then there were like the majority of the class understood what I was saying there were a couple of people who were a bit like not sure I really I'm not sure I'm really running with your buffet metaphor I was like well for those of you that aren't foodie I literally don't know how to communicate with you so you're just gonna have to get on board (laughs) so it's always come back to food but anyway Mm. so um, maximum of quantity so not too much information so if I were to ask you what time do you work tomorrow Mm -hmm. I work at 2pm right so like succinct nice yeah easy yeah so and and you also so you're also you've got the quality and you've got the quantity yeah because you answered the exact question and you and you answered it within Ah. a certain amount of time and didn't over the pudding. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, do you have school tomorrow? Uh, I have classes all day, but I must go to the doctor when I'm finished. Which is totally not relevant, Andrea. I don't care going to the doctor. I mean, I care. Of course I care. But, like, why are you telling me? Um, and this is, this is, like, a big thing um, as we talked about before with, like, um, English second language speakers, is that oh. sometimes... Um, because and this is a and it's a it's a big cultural thing too because we talked about like the weather um and mm. if you were to ask somebody how um you know how's your day going and this happens a lot a, almost every time i go somewhere in the uk it's like how's you you know how are you are you're right and they always be like oh we're having great weather aren't we and you're just like i asked you how you were and you just went and talked about the weather it's like that's nothing to do with mm-hmm. what you- <laughs> it totally is <laughs> it has because nothing to do the weather for us dictates and is is a is a sort of response to the way that we feel so our our um our emotional state is very very much linked to meteorology i'm not entirely sure why which is very sad because it's not it's it's, you've got terrible weather um that's why we always feel a little bit under the weather (laughs) a little bit chilly is it chilly in here no i'm gonna put the heating on so it's definitely not it's not but um it's nice and toasty but it's but we do have this sort of I think that's why we grumble a lot. Yeah. Because it is always a little bit sort of miserable. It is. It's always it is always like a little bit cold, but it's not it's not cold enough that you like you want to go put on more clothes. It's just cold yeah, enough then that you get makes sweaty. you Yeah, it's yeah. just cold enough that you you're a little bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um and then Welcome to the UK. Cup, and then you have a cup of tea and it makes everything better. Yeah. Well, yes, that's true. It does. It does. I think it that's really why we like tea because it warms you up. It does, and the inside, and then they become a lot more um, congenial after after a cup of tea. Um, 
I've noticed that. This is very true. <laughs> this is very true. It is. So last time we say we solved social injustice, and this time we've solved British sort of malady. Mm. I mean, we haven't really solved it. We've just pointed it out. Mm. But isn't that part of the bringing the unconscious to the conscious? So it's okay, like if that's part of learning, is that you start to do you do what you know mm-hmm. unconsciously, yep. and then part of learning is making it conscious, making you yeah. aware of it, and how competent you are, and how yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Boom. Learning yeah, theory as well. <laughs> um, we do really well. So um, yeah, so quali- um, quantity is about talking too much. Yeah. That's weird. Mm. That we just talked about quantity and then talked too and much. And then talked way too much. <laughs> and we flooded rele- relevance too at um at a certain point. Um because that's our next that's our next one. Our next maxim is the maximum of relevance. So if I were to say, How's the weather today? and you were to say it's rainy and it's cloudy, that would be totally relevant to the conversation. Mm-hmm. As opposed to mm-hmm. how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. And it's oh it's been a bit rainy. <laughs> like what mm. which to a Brit makes absolute sense yeah. but to somebody who is non-British mm. so my next question as, and as a, like I feel like as a an artistic <coughs> person my gut instinct is to go oh you feel a little bit rainy or blah 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 but you have to <laughs> a little bit rainy a little bit cloudy and a Brit would go no it is rainy and cloudy. like because they it's it's separate, but that is what I'm talking about. Yeah. That it's absolutely separate. Yeah, because we're not conscious that that's the thing that we do. No, <laughs> and we kind of are, but not really. No, no, no. But it then it is true though. Yeah. How do you feel? Oh, it's been a bit damp recently, isn't it? Yeah, it's. I find it especially true within like, like older generations because mm. that's that that's why I tend to have it. Where I went to a friend's house and her father's. Um, I said. Um, he was like, hello, Andrea, how are you? And I was like, oh, I'm great, I'm great, how are you? And he goes, he's like, yeah, we've been having lovely weather lately. And I was like, I don't, I don't really, mm. great, okay. Because as an American, that is a, that's not that's not how we greet each other. And it's also completely irrelevant. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of irrelevant. On the surface, it's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. But he's actually answering the question. See, and but you, it has he's to be not Im- flouting quality implied. and quantity. It's implied. It's implied. You've got the implicature. Yeah. Which you have to know. But you have to know that it's there. Otherwise, but it's it cultural, seems irrelevant. Right? Absolutely. Hmm. It's cultural, it's linguistic, it's um you will find um there and you you know those um like lists um they they've got like website with like lists of idioms in different languages mm-hmm. um and some of them are quite strange if you translate them into english yeah. and it's like if the dog is left on tuesday then monday morning you will be broke and yeah 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 <laughs> and you're just like mm, i don't understand the implicature behind it um the implied meaning is lost once you translate it to a mm-hmm. different language and part of that has to do with um the the way that the, the intimate way in which um, that language has to do with that word. It could be like the history of the word and all that, that mm. other stuff. But it could also mean, it could also be that they have a different way of talking about money that somehow has to relate to a dog, which is all yeah, con- yeah, contextual. Yeah, yeah. It's all information that you don't you have. Don't know. Um, and so when you look at it, you're just like, dogs, money. Do I need money to have the dog? Is that why I'm broke? Because I spent all of my money trying to get the dog and now, <laughs> it's, and now it's gone? 
I don't know. <laughs> How can you possibly? <laughs> you can ask. You still yeah, that's ask. true. You could ask. Um, so that's that. That's a long way of doing relevance. Relevance or relation. Or relation, yeah. And then the last one is manner mm-hmm. from heaven. <laughs> um, so if I were to ask, where was the professor when class ended? Mm-hmm. And then the response would be something along the lines of, she left class and went straight to her office. So the professor left the class and then went to her office. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, yeah. It's clear, it's brief, it's orderly. Mm-hmm. Y- yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it answers the question. It's all good. Rather than something like, oh, how's Emily? Mm-hmm. Oh, Emily's, you know, how she always is. Yes. Well, like, what does that mean? <laughs> because is because she might be different to you than she is to me. Yeah. We're getting back to that on um, that Plato and the and and, yeah. and the imagery and what is usual to you is not yeah. usual to me. What does it mean? Yeah. Um yeah that um, and manner tends to be about vagueness it's one of those things that like um again it's a very big cultural thing but um i i had this with my with um uh, with my mom and my sister but if you were to ask us you know how's it going yet <sighs> right so, somebody outside of my family would have no idea what that means but that yeah. is our very like new york way of saying like i am not great but i'm not bad but that's all in that. I mean, if you were to say not great, not bad. Yeah. Then then in British English, if you said like not great means bad and not bad means good. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So like we'd be like. So what? <laughs> so you're not great, but you're not bad. Mm. That means that means you're kind of OK. Yeah. I mean, if you toss it up either way, it basically comes out as eh, average. Average. Rather than. But li- the idiom of both of those things mm-hmm. means the opposite yeah. across the other side of the pond. That's so weird. Or both sides of the pond. That actually explains a lot. Explains not a great. Lot. So not great is... If you said if, if someone said to me, how was the show last night? Yeah. And I said, not great. They'd be like, oh my God, what was wrong with it? And then they'd, I'd have this like long list of stuff that was dreadful. Oh. And then if I was like, if they said to me, oh, how was the show last night? I'm like, oh, not bad. Yeah. They'd be like, cool. So what was good about it then? Oh. Yeah, it's literally the opposite. Yeah, because if I were to say not great, um, I wouldn't mean that it was bad. I just mean that like that it was okay, but it wasn't great. Yeah, and if I were to say, and if I were to say not bad, yeah, then yeah, that's exactly it's the exact opposite. Be worse, but it's like it's not okay, but it's kind of slightly <laughs> less good than okay, but yeah. it's not awful. Yeah, but the, you you know it's really weird. If I use it within the context of somebody asking me how am I, it's like how are you today, Andrea? Not bad. Then yeah, then it kind of means good. <gasps> yeah, you don't even stick to your own idiom. No, <laughs> livid. Well, you know what? I'm I'm by like I'm I'm by curious. What? No, I was gonna say by <laughs> but that's totally not the right word. That's totally not the right. What what am I? What you am are... I? <laughs> Yeah. Trans. You are bi-Atlantic. Is that what it is? Is it transcontinental? No, transcontinental. No. Intercontinental. I don't know what you are. Somebody tweet us and let us know what Andre is. <laughs> so we've had yes. quality, yeah. quantity, relation, and manner. Yes. And it can be used for like comedic effect as well, right? Yeah, normally if you flout something, um, it's either being sarcastic or... Or it's being, yeah, just bold-faced funny. 
Like if someone says, can I go to the toilet? And you're like, I don't know, can you? <laughs> yes, because the, <laughs> yes, because you're, the implied the implied question is, well, if you were to take it on the surface level, what you're asking is, may I? May I? Um, but you're being quite. <laughs> can pedantic. I? May I have permission to leave the room so yes. that I can go and use the facilities? Yes. Yeah, and I would say that is um, that that would be Uvaldi quantity. Um, Quality, not quantity. The, the, cues the cues really get to me. Quality, not quantity. Because mm-hmm. you're not flat in quantity. No, it's you're not quantity because cause it's it's answered and it's not extra. Yeah. So it's just... But the quality of it is not right. But you change the context of what can means. Mm-hmm. Can I? Mm-hmm. It's like, am I able to rather than may I? Yeah. So you're changing the context of what the conversation is. Yeah. Um. And, uh, or like and, people saying, could you carry that for me? Yeah, I could. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. And then you don't because <laughs> they haven't actually asked you. Yeah. Or you've insisted well, that they because have. Well, because have that but. big thing about like the pluperfect, no, the um the conditional, which is the uh-huh. um the tense of if could, mm-hmm. right? Um, which does not necessarily mean that you are asking the question but you were asking about the possibility of something mm-hmm. which means that technically I don't really need to give you an answer because it's a hypothetical yeah if I could do this then could this happen it's the if it's the if command in Excel isn't it <laughs> if this happens count if some if some if <laughs> oh. for those of you who hate Excel I'm not a fan of Excel I mean Sure. I lie and say it's that I can relevant. do it on my resume. I mean, I actually can. See? I love a bit of Excel. Spending all those years working in the city. So, yeah. Yeah. Grice's maxims. Grice's conversational maxims. analysis. Discourse analysis. Not really saying what we mean. Mm. Implying what we mean. Implying what we mean. Mm-hmm. And therefore, sort of social graces and kind of... Um, assumed understandings mm-hmm. that then become very culturally specific mm-hmm. which is kind of cool yeah and if you take culture i mean you can make it culturally then it could also be regionally and then it could also be even smaller than that and it could be um idio it could be mm. um just between like you and say well i mean there are certain things that i say to myself that i know that i'm like Ooh, if i say that out loud hey everyone would think i'd be crazy but also like <laughs> <laughs> nobody would really get that because that's that's a tie to something else that I've tied something uh, so it wouldn't be relevant to anybody else mm. but it's completely relevant to me I do that with my students too when they've got like speeches sometimes and they're like oh I don't really understand what that means and I was like that's because it's not for you it's for the character and I was like so if you're if you haven't connected with it then of course you wouldn't know what that meant yeah, because sense, you right? don't have that memory yeah it's not relevant for you mm. but if you're in it then it would be relevant because you have that connection that's a lot of conversations that I have with students. It is, yeah. A student yesterday came up to me and said, I don't understand why this character says there are no arsonists in my family. <laughs> in um, Strindberg's Miss Julie. <laughs> I and I like, said, does she have arsonists in her family? And he was like, well, not really. I mean, her mother did burn down the house. Okay, I've answered my question, bye. And just then <laughs> walked away. I was like, okay, bye. So sometimes the... You have to make. You have to kind of remember what the context is for yeah. it to actually make sense again. Yeah. yeah, you you have to build the relevance too, mm. right? Because a lot of times, especially when you're like reading something, or you're watching something on television or a movie, um, the the there are certain things that are already implied before you get there. 
Mm. Yeah, this is what I tell a lot of people about. Um, if you're watching something, a, a lot of times you've got to kind of figure out. Okay, you kind of the the big thing about first scenes is that yes, we're on planet Earth. <laughs> yes, we're in this time period. Yeah. Um, yes, things are working relatively normal. So if I if I walked outside, um, I could see a scene like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's all setting up the context so you can know whether what they're saying is relevant or what they're saying is irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. And if you don't understand that, then the rest of the language, the rest of the, um, the rest of the whole story, and even the things that they say to each other will make no sense because it's not relevant. Yeah. Boom. And we also just solved like postmodernism in like five seconds too. <laughs> I mean, we should definitely get more listeners. <laughs> um, like what really have you learned? During oh. this podcast episode. Um, what did I learn? So I learned, mm -hmm. oh gosh. Um, I feel like I always say that I learned that language is complicated. But you know what I learned this time is that culture is integral to the language and the way that we communicate with other people. Mm. That could be a run-on sentence. But... I feel like you flouted quantity there. <laughs> um, what did you learn, Leon? I learned that quantity and quality are difficult to differentiate sometimes. <laughs> they really are. And that every time we do a podcast episode, there are things that, that we start to articulate mm -hmm. that I intrinsically understand, mm -hmm. but I didn't really think about it in those terms before. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the linguistic things just kind of make so much sense because I, I, I do them all the time, as do you and as does, do lots of people that I work with and speak to. Almost everybody does, but then it's there's this kind of formalizing of those ideas and those things, and then it becomes kind of just really satisfying. I'm finding it really satisfying to kind of to to realize there are things that I already knew that I didn't know that I already knew. Yeah, and I keep coming up against that or experiencing that as we're talking, um, which is really nice, and I'm really feeling quite proud, feeling quite uh, inspired. Ooh. You're gonna go out moved. and write a book now. I mean, it's a work in progress, <laughs> the book writing thing. We'll see, we'll see. If you want to contact us about anything we said in the podcast, you can reach us on Twitter at CanYouHearPod. Or on Instagram at CanYouHearMePodcast. Or you can search for us on Facebook and on YouTube. Or email us at CanYouHearMeAtTheBath at gmail.com. You can find me, Leon, on Twitter, at Leon Trayman. Or me, Andrea, at Andrea Fudge on Twitter. Please support the podcast by subscribing as a patron on our Patreon site. The link is in the show notes. To keep the podcast advertisement-free, as well as get access to cool extra stuff, discounts, bonus episodes, as well as supporting ongoing voice research funding as well. Okay, love you, bye!